Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. All right, guys. Friday morning, a little bit of a special show for everybody. Um, at Coming off of a unfortunate loss for the Broncos, fourth in a row. But, you know, we're still here to talk ball. And uh, figure out where we go from here. So, good morning, Scott. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. It was a late night for me. This is, you know, this is actually like it feels really early <clears throat> to me. It feels like you might normally feel on a on the morning. It, I've only been up, you know, I, I got out of bed at eight. Usually, I'm out of bed at six. So, it's definitely Broncos for breakfast time. <laughs> get that I'll get that mug going. Well, there we go. Yeah, guys. Um, like I said, an unfortunate loss last night. Uh, the Broncos maybe. Finally had a straw that broke the camel's back, but, um, you know, not really too much of an excuse. You got to go out there and play and uh, ended up losing and dropping their fourth in a row. So let's get in there. Uh, we got Dave's in the house. Howdy to you, Dave. Good morning to you, Dave Glassman. Dave says, uh, I'm afraid that we played well enough in the second half that no coaching changes will be made. We got uh, Dalen Joseph. Dalen, good morning to you. Thank you very much for the good morning. And uh, let's get into it a little bit, guys. Of course, this is... Uh, Broncos for breakfast coming at you with a special episode, a instant reaction for the Friday night or the Thursday night game. Uh, you guys can follow Scott and myself on Twitter, Scott at Scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Heddle MHH. You can also follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle for Facebook. Uh, go to Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and or Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. And for you YouTube folks, head on over to YouTube and subscribe, like and share. And while you're over there, also go to Scott's channel, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy to talk some ball. And we got some more people coming in here. Uh, Dalen, again, I've lost the fire in my eyes to watch this team. I mean, Dalen, I, we're still going to be here. So, uh, you know, we welcome you either way. If you don't want to watch the game and come hang out with us afterwards and hear what happened, um, you're welcome to do that. But uh, I, I get it. And we got Dave coming in with uh, stars probably here. Uh, get, can't always tell, but um, we got stars coming in, and it looks like it's. He says it's lock time. Um, I think that's. Uh, it may not be next week. It may not be the week after, but there is an inevitability that uh, Drew Lock is probably playing at some point. Uh, EJ's in the house. I think he means to say Buenos Dias, Nick. Buenos Dias, EJ. There we go. Uh, I took French in high school like an idiot. What was I thinking? Um, but uh, you, I don't uh, you were thinking the the prettier girls would be taking uh, French. Yeah. Or or whatnot. Uh, I was thinking Spanish was going to be a hell of a lot more useful. I was yeah. fairly mature six. Well, actually, I wouldn't say I was a mature sixteen year old because I have about the same mentality at, at twelve as I do at forty eight. So I kind of peaked at about twelve years old for my ma- maturity wise. So you know, I still play video games and laugh at fart jokes. You know, so <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> but I took um, a lot. I took a lot of Spanish. I took. I did take a lot of Spanish. Big regret of mine, but uh, what can you do? Um, tequila for breakfast after last night's loss. Speaking of uh, Spanish there. Um, well, EJ, do not blame you. Just uh, be smart, be safe. Tommy Simmer's coming in saying, if we don't pick up linebacker help, we are done. Uh, I mean, they're going to have to do something. They have to do something. They, they, they cannot go in with Curtis Robinson and Justin Strunot again. Uh, they got 10 days, luckily, so they'll mm-hmm. figure out something. Uh, DeAndre Witherspoon, good morning, guys. Changes need to be made over the next 10 days. We'll see some. 
Facebook user, uh, unsure who this is. Uh, we'll, we will have to win the division to see playoffs, I believe. Uh, I don't think you're going to be able to win the division. I think there'll be two teams in the AFC West, maybe even three that make the playoffs. But um, I don't think that team, one of those teams, is going to be the Broncos, unfortunately. Uh, wouldn't Jalen Smith be nice? Um, Jalen Smith would have had to have wanted to come here is another thing, right? He was Avery uh, Williamson might have been nice. That was that's the one that doesn't make much sense, but uh, we'll we'll get into it. Um, and before we get on, starting spot, and I bet he would have be he'd be a Denver Bronco. Yeah, yep. But that was. Do you sit Justin Sernod then? Do you say Justin, you're taking a back seat Um, because that he was moved on prior to the Alexander Johnson. I know, I know, but there's there's enough of a rotation there that you can say, listen, you're gonna you're gonna split time with these guys. Yeah, you know, you're gonna be you're gonna be number three. You're gonna be in the rotation. You know, see how many. I bet he would have gotten more snaps as a third linebacker in Denver than he, I, I don't even know who signed him to be honest with you. I just know Denver didn't Titans. Yeah. I bet, I bet he gets more snaps. We've got more snaps. We'll check the, uh, check the log. Yeah. The last two weeks. Listen up Broncos country. Tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the huddle up podcast and the blue wire network. Denver Broncos football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because tick pick that's T I C K P I C K is the original no fee ticket site. And the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. Tick pick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it. If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site tick pick will give you 110 percent of the difference in the purchase price that's right guys when we were searching for tickets for the mhh meet and greet for week three at home broncos versus jets tick pick had us locked down so visit tickpick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save ten dollars on your first order of broncos tickets um and scott before we go get going much further um would you tell the folks about our giveaway right now i know october is coming to a close and we want to let make sure the people know uh what they have a chance to get for their generous contributions sure everybody that's donating the facebook stars and dave has already come in and done that today let me get dave up there i like to highlight a guy giving stars on facebook that, that dave has already done so uh two hundred and fifty thousand stars on facebook gets you into if we hit that we get you you get into the drawing into the lottery for a patrick sertan jersey YouTube, we're not forgetting about y'all either. Uh, the top five are in that same jersey, but there's also going to be tiers for all the contributors. So your contributions, not only is it, you know, most importantly, I don't want it to feel like it's just, hey, you're entering a lottery and a giveaway and only five of you win and 200 of you are upset. Uh, you know, the, the contributions help us be able to do this, most yeah. importantly. But this is yeah. kind of our way of saying thank you as well, on top of the other times we thank you. So uh, again, you know, we, we talk about keeping the lights on, keeping us in coffee. It's all kind of a joke, but if, if y'all aren't here, neither are we. So yeah. we certainly appreciate that because we couldn't do this without you and the, and the generous support from the community, from folks like Shane. Yeah. And Shane, number one here coming in, number one, super chat today, not for superstars, but super chat. Uh, good morning, Nick and Scott, disappointing loss. The play calling was baffling to me. At least Fangio won a challenge. Hey, there we go, Shane, talking about the bright side. Fangio won a challenge. Congrats to Fangio, man. You, they should have carried him off the field after that one. Um, again, maybe the Gatorade bath. Uh, yeah, it's a disappointing loss. Um, I, I guess we can get into it a little bit. I'll be looking over the super or the uh, the 
community here to see if anything else comes up. But uh, Scott, your general feelings coming off of this loss. Now that we're kind of through the intros, we've had a night to sleep on it. Um, also, congrats to your Braves. I know that you're very superstitious, but Oop. three and one. Yeah, three and one is pretty nice. Better than one. You're and not three. three and one, dude. Come on. Three, two. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, they lost. Um, they did what you expect them to do with a three yeah. to one lead. They got blown out. And no, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch any of it. I watched the Broncos last night. So I'm whipping out the big guns. For those of you that listen to this after the fact, uh, we have a WinBet intro. So WinBet actually sponsors this pod. Mm-hmm. I am downloading the WinBoat app. WinBoat. WinBet app today. And I'm putting $250 on the Dodgers. Are if you they win do- that again? I'm putting $250 in game seven on the Dodgers. And if I'm going to watch my team choke away another three to one lead, I'm at least going to get paid for it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, they have uh, get to go back to Atlanta at least, but um, the Broncos, um, unfortunate game there. Um, obviously coming off the loss, uh, fourth in a row, uh, team that's pretty decimated. But your general thoughts? I mean, they they just look so banged up. I thought it was actually a a better game than it could have been. I feel better about this game than I did the Raiders. No, but... I agree. I felt at least in the second half there was a response as far yes. as the way the team played, uh, and so on and so on, but. Uh, I, I'm not one of those people. I'm, I'm a little bit of a contrarian. When everybody's super mm-hmm. panicked, I'm pretty calm. When when everybody's super calm and laid back, I get kind of fired up. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I was all calm last night. And then as, the more I slept on it, and the more I dwell on things, that's the Irish and Irishman in me. Mm-hmm. I dwell. You know, the matter I started getting about this game and and the way it goes, and it doesn't matter if I'm a lifelong Broncos fan or not. I don't like seeing waste and. St- stupid decision they make me mad yeah um you know so what what did you ask me yesterday when we got out of here what's what do the broncos have to do to to win this game or what what has to happen to lose yeah. this game i'm like well you factor you're going against a backup quarterback and you know the, you, you got to make him beat you so what do they do to come out when that when when cleveland has the ball what 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 was the personnel on the front for let's i'm, I'm sure you noticed because you, you you pay attention to these things i didn't quite notice because i wasn't watching and dissecting it uh, at the time last night, you know, I just saw what was happening, which was they were getting gashed. But it what did like the front four look like? It looked like a lot of nickel. Yep, going on. It was Reed, Miller, uh, Shelby Harris, and I think Mike Purcell. Yep. Um, four. Draymond Jones didn't get on the field until it was first and goal. So we're talking about you got to load up to stop the run. It was an, it was an overcorrection. It was an overcorrection. It was, well, we're not going to get beat deep by a backup quarterback and yeah. and two guys that are can barely walk out here at, at wide receiver and Jarvis Landry and, and Odell Beckham Jr. Instead, you backed off completely and yeah. just let them gash you with the running game. And you, we've talked about how this team can't get pressure anyway. You give a competent quarterback. I said every quarterback in the NFL save Zach Wilson – if you give them that much time and give them a 200-yard running game, they're going to beat you. This isn't rocket science. Yeah. Yeah, it was unfortunate. Now, I want to give a hat tip to the uh, the Browns, right? That was a team that also was 3-3, three and three and they needed that win at home. And they, Kevin Stefanski, a very good offensive mind, came out in that first drive, obviously pretty scripted, and they said, you know what? We don't think these Broncos linebackers are bleep, and we're going to target them with almost every play screens, tight end usage, isolating them with the wide receiver uh, and running at them. And that first drive, they made it look easy, easy. And they marched it down the field. Um, I was, like I said, I was on a uh, Broncos uh, 
All right, excuse me, a Browns uh, live stream previewing the game. And mm-hmm. they said, are there any bets that you would bet your life mm-hmm. on? Anything like that? I'm like, the Ernest Johnson, well, I think the over-under was 53. 50s in the 50s. Yep, it was like, yeah. <laughs> that one. That one's no doubt in my mind. Unless he gets injured, he's going to go over that because the Broncos do not, they couldn't nope. stop a nosebleed right now. If you watched Broncos for breakfast yesterday, you could have made a lot of money. Yeah. You could have made a lot of money because there were, there were I, I felt really good about the under. Mm-hmm. But I said, <laughs> I said, um, Browns cover, take the under. Mm-hmm. You went with uh, some of the prop bets, which was yep. the over on yardage. You you could have made a lot of money yesterday. Well, yeah. I'll tell you right now, bet on the Dodgers. Oh, man, Scott, I'm putting out good vibes for you. We need it around here. Um, Andrew Lampy coming in. Thank you very much, Andrew. Uh, always a big supporter of the show. We got Miguel coming in here. Good morning, fellas. You think we should trade Fuller for a run-thumping linebacker? Um, if you're trading Fuller, you need back picks. If you're looking for a run-thumping linebacker, you should find somebody in street clothes and free agency. I mean, God. Or what's practice t- squad. Yeah, or practice squad. Great yeah, call. Yeah, or I'm, practice uh, squad. Broncos have uh, – he's been around the facility. I'm doing more of the media side of things. But, like, uh, I know that somebody comes to mind for me is Todd Davis, <laughs> who I know that you don't want to be in a position where you're bringing back people who have been out of the league for a bit and limited as Todd Davis is in many phases. But, like, he's not going to get you absolutely gashed in there. Um, so you don't have to trade Fuller for a thumper. If you're trading any players, you need to be thinking not this year. This year, this this is like trying to salvage that Titanic after it's been cracked and the bow of the ship is already like poking up out of the water. You know, like, okay, it's not completely underwater yet, but this ship is going down. Um, you, the duct tape's not going to help. Uh, you need to start thinking about lifeboats and what you're going to do in your next ship if you can get off this damn sinking boat. Um, well, so the, the uh, other part of it is, yes, a go, going back to, to Miguel, um, who wants him? You're going to have to eat salary anyway. Yeah. You know, what's he on 10 million where a third of the way through the season, give or take. So mm-hmm. call it 6 million. You're going to have to eat salary on him anyway. That's um, not a big deal though, for this team. They have plenty of salary cap. I, I know, but it, it, it again, it's still somebody's money. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. still some accountant there saying, okay, we're going to pay this guy $4 million, you know, an accountant making maybe 70 grand a year. We're going to pay this and he's going to, he's got a boss. She's got a boss. He goes to her and says, why are we paying? You know, I mean, it's still somebody's money. Forget yeah. the, the, the salary cap part of it. Yeah. Um, again, it's somebody's money. Um, but you know, somebody has got to want him. And yeah, you can say uh, a change of scenery. It's not fucking out, it, working out. Let's take him to the West coast and get him some sunshine or down in Florida and things will, will work out better for him. But in order to get any kind of value on the return, someone's got to want him. And frankly, he's not playing well enough right now to get the kind of return you would need. I mean, if, honestly, if talk about the return you need. I'd take a seven. I would take a, a six with you send back a seven, like just stuff to pad your value in the draft a little bit because he's not doing anything here. No, and and it, it'd save you money. Even if you got even yeah. if you even if you paid five million of the six remaining, you just saved yourself a million dollars. Well, a million dollars is a lot of money in some places. Yep, um, and that can be know, a that, difference. That does a bunch of different things. It hires five more scouts for the year <clears throat> to do something like that. Um, but and again, someone more. someone would have to say, okay, we want him, and we're going to make a roster move to add him to our team right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's people out there for sure if you're willing yeah. to eat the rest of his contract. Yeah. Uh, would I take him with the Atlanta Falcons? Yeah, drink. Yeah, absolutely. I'd still take him for the Atlanta Falcons, but we can only pay him in Chick Fil A nuggets. that's that's the only thing the falcons can do so you're gonna have to eat his contract anyway i would i would go for both for waffle fries um let's be real uh jamal coming in here saying good morning fellas it's time for vic and the coaching staff to go 
Um, do you think that Vic Fangio and the staff is going to be here for the uh, the Broncos next game against the Washington football team? Is he going to survive the next 10 days? Or are there, there going to be any moves? Oh, goodness. I don't one. know Peyton well enough. Yeah. I don't, I don't know I don't him think well anybody enough. Does. Um, it would sure stamp his authority on this team. Yeah. If he, if he did so, because, uh, because again, we talked about it yesterday. Uh, Peyton's got a free pass for the most part for this mm-hmm. year. Yep. Assuming he moves forward with the right moves. Um, if you start losing the team, then it's okay to make a move in the middle of the season. You know, it's okay. Uh, you're, we're, we're chucking the season away and you can say all the right things. Well, we're going to try and salvage season win, but it's, it's, that's a move saying we're done. We're done with the season three and four coming off a buy. There's 10 days to make some moves. I, I don't know, man. I don't expect any, I don't, I just don't feel like that's going to happen, but I can't imagine Vic Fangio has too many allies in Dove Valley right now. He's not very likable. No. Yeah, I mean, on the sideline, just doesn't even come off. He doesn't have, uh, doesn't have good aura to him, which sounds so stupid. But I mean, even on the sideline, just like it looks like it's in pain. Um, it doesn't. I don't know if these guys were uh, like him very much. I, I know that a lot don't. Um, I will give a. Uh, we're gonna spin. I'm gonna spin this real quick. And if there's anything in the comments here that you want to get to, we can do that. But I do want to say that, like I said, starting off the show, um, I feel better coming off of this loss than I did the, against the Raiders. Um, because I think that at least this team and specifically the defense in the second half, they showed some pride. I mean, they, they did. It could have been really easy for them just to totally give up when it was 10 points really early in the game. Um, but they didn't, especially in that second quarter. Hats off to uh, Shelby Harris, who had probably his best best play of the season against a pretty good interior offensive line for the Browns as well. Um, I think he had like two sacks, a bunch of pressures, the blocked field goal as well. Um, and the defense kept this game close. They gave up early and there was some feeling out phases, uh, especially in the first couple of drives, but uh, they played with some pride and I want to give them a shout out to that. Cause it would have been really easy, really easy just to be, you know, toss your hands up in the air and continue to get uh, blown up at the point of attack against the run game. And they still struggled. I mean, what did the Browns finish with in the game? Dernis Johnson, 6.6 yards per carry Browns, uh, 182 rushing yards, 5.5 yards per carry total. Not now, great, th- but there, there may have been some evening out on this, but you know, when they put up those graphics, it's like a pie chart, almost run left, run mm-hmm. center, run right. Yeah. Everything, everything they did in the first quarter went left. Everything. It's uh, I, and do you think that's an indictment on, and I wanted to get to this some guys that we don't typically get to do the instant reaction shows, but I can, we can talk some specific players who stood out in, in both directions, unfortunately. Um, but one who really struck out to me negatively, Malik Reed. Malik the Reed. Browns identified well, I think Malik it was Reed. An indictment on Malik Reed. Yes, I do. They were yep. blocking him with a tight end. Yep. Well, he was being blocked out of the place by tight ends, which lets their left tackle get to the second level. Yep. Any left tackle that gets to the second level can any can handle any linebacker in the world. So your defensive end, because it was a four-man front, and you're running 250-pound Malik Reed, a defensive end, is getting taken out of the play by a tight end. Now, because I've only got two interior linemen and Von Miller on the other side, now I've got basically a guard and a tackle free to run to the second level, free to go and find people to knock down. Um, The cutbacks, they actually switched on the second drive. They switched. Von Miller came over to the right side. So at least it, it was, I said, don't be afraid to change the obvious. If it's obvious to an idiot like me sitting here watching it on a, an iPad, you know, at night, it should be obvious to people making millions of dollars. 
So yeah. uh, he Malik Reed was a liability in this game. And again, I don't know how much help he got because it shouldn't have been a, a nickel defense out there. It, it no. should have been a stack the box type of defense. I want to see your backup running back and your backup quarterback beat me. Okay, we gave up a bunch of plays behind, but that was last week. You know, the, yeah. we don't think Case Keenum's as, as good as Derek Carr. Uh, prove it. And if they get behind you on the first play, okay, then adjust. But you gave it away right at the, right off the top. You just gave it to them. It's like, oh, they run screen plays really well. Not against an 11-man front, they don't. You know how yeah. you stop screen plays? Congest. Yep, and not blitz. <laughs> get yeah, pressure with I mean, four. Con congested. Well, they weren't blitzing. No. They were just retreating almost. It was. It's, it's, it's frustrating to watch. Yeah, and I uh, just want to, not to dance on anybody's graves right now, but, uh, man, the... Uh, I hope the Malik Reed is better and should be playing over a Bradley Chubb crowd really just takes a seat and uh, we can move forward from no, that. I, because... I think the question then becomes is, are you better off with, with Bradley Chubb money somewhere else? Yeah. I mean, not necessarily who's better than whom, but is Bradley Chubb worth what you are paying him or what you're going to have to pay him? That should be the question. Yeah. And luckily he should be coming back uh, the second half of the season um, to get a chance to see him. And also you have a year of control after this season as well. So um, you have, you have a little bit of time before you have to make that decision, but man, Malik Reed uh, really just was bad in this game is one of the worst games for the, from the edge uh, setting the edge I've seen in a bit um, hats off to uh, Jedrick Wills, um, who's coming back from injury. The left tackle of the Browns, who is a dominant player at the point of attack. I mean, he really made, it looked like Jedrick Wills and the Alabama offensive line going up against the Nevada Wolfpack with Malik Reed out there. It was, it was oh, bad. Well, that's how I felt about the, 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 the game winning drive for the Browns. How often do you see in the NFL, a team just run six minutes off the clock? I mean, in, in a way like that, you see that in college, Yeah, but you don't see that in the NFL where they say, we're going to line up and just run it by you. Now people, they convert yeah. third downs or maybe go kick a field goal to kill a drive, but not just sustained six minutes and change type of run that, that doesn't happen yeah yep and uh black knights and fan base is toxic uh i mean everybody's kind of upset right now uh, black they're all Knight, toxic but, dude yeah, all of yep. them especially when you're losing like this and you have expectations like the broncos have um and also have the history the broncos have um so uh speaking of, but i hear you black knight let's get out of the toxicity let's talk a little bit of positivities mm -hmm. um coming out of this game um number one for me that stood out uh Patrick Sertan the second. Um, I think we saw Black Knight over on Twitch or no, excuse me, the Robobot saying the Broncos should have taken uh, Parsons. They'd be four and three then uh, if they had done that. Maybe um, that's definitely possible. I don't think uh, let's say in that universe, then you're you lose all three of your starting cornerbacks. You're struggling in a different way. Um, not many teams are built to lose every single starter they have at a singular position and look good, especially when you lose your last preseason starter on a short week, right? You had less time to prepare a Justin one. And I thought, you know, Justin Stroud early in the run fits, not very good. Um, Curtis Robinson, bless his soul out there, got undrafted free agent this year, trying to play, not looking good. Um, but you had a short week to prepare for that. And I don't think there's a single team in the NFL that could uh, handle losing every single starter for one position on that short week. And then coming out looking good to their well, good other linebackers too, you know, yeah. you know, not just, not just the inside guys, but if, yeah, if you want to yeah, call Vaughn and, and Bradley Chubb defensive ends, yep. they are out. You know, Chubb's been out for a while, and uh, and uh, Vaughn Miller was out second half yesterday. Um, 
but if, if you're looking right now based on, you know, plug and play, yeah, mm-hmm. you could, because I would take, this isn't a bold statement here. You know, mm-hmm. where's Micah Parsons playing? I, I'd take Micah Parsons over Malik Reed right now. Yes. Yeah. I mean, sure. without a doubt. So yep. you've got the, again, you've got that type of athleticism and playmaking ability. Micah Parsons, I was, I was a big fan of, of, the player on the field. I thought he was a difference maker. I'm not going to worry about the, this is where Nick and I go back and forth a little bit. And and I say that if, if you're guaranteed a game changer and there are no guarantees, I don't worry so much about position value. If I can get a game changer because a game changer at any position is they're worth a top five pick. Yeah. If they're legitimately a game changer, it's just harder to find in some of the, the other positions like, uh, like middle linebacker or safety. Yeah. Um, that type and of also, thing, but yeah, and you you make a good point there. The and we've talked about it before. The thing is, there aren't like you said, there are no guarantees. And at least when you take a edge rusher or a cornerback or a tackle, if they are above average, you still get good return. If your safety or linebacker is just above average and use a top five pick, you 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 failed. That was a mistake. Um, but Parsons at edge, whoo man, looking good there. Um, but other but I thought to, in the middle of the field right now too. Yeah, as a sweeper. I mean, but good. again, you're drafting in April, not in October. Yeah, you know, right is, now, yeah, he'd be real nice to be able to plug and play out there for sure. Um, but was yeah. he the pick at nine? Maybe. Um, again, the off the field concerns may have taken him completely off the board for some teams. Yeah, I do think though, um, it's really hard to be upset about not taking Parsons right now when you have a game like Sertan just had out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wait now also, you sound like me. Yeah, uh, he, I mean, he was <laughs> he was phenomenal out there. I mean, would I rather have? a young quarterback to believe in that you're hopefully going forward with and settled, especially with how absolutely baby crap this 2022 clap class looks like right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, at the quarterback position specifically, but, uh, I mean, Sertan out there, he is so fun to watch. Um, so long, uh, great at the point of attack. I th- I'm glad the refs let him play down the field at the point of attack. Um, and he had a very good game. There was, I think there was a missed tackle out there as well, but Sertan came to play. Uh, he looked like either the best or second best player on your defense coming out of there. And, uh, he's a rookie and he's just going to get, uh, hopefully better and better out there. So phenomenal. I'm excited to see, and as terrible as this, uh, sounds one reason I wasn't as high on Sertan coming into to this draft for the Broncos is because, I didn't think he was the best scheme fit for the off ball as much as Fangio wanted to run because mm-hmm. Sertan is phenomenal in press, really good at the point of attack, using that length, using the patience, using the technique. It's great. I mean, it's really good there. And Fangio just got to get you thinking like a general manager instead of a coach. Yeah. Well, you got Like I said, you got, you got a general manager to thinking for the next 10 years thinking I might have to replace this defensive coordinator in six months. Who's yeah. the best guy? Yeah, I, I agree with you there. At the same time, though, do you want to draft guys that don't fit the scheme you're running? I did th- that that always kind of especially defense. But, he, offense, but again, he run, you but. Know, he's not such a bad, you know, you're not yes, drafting no, an, totally. an option quarterback. No, you know, this totally. is Jamel Holloway out there. Yeah, yeah. I'm old. Uh, Oklahoma <laughs> magician, wishbone yeah. quarterback for the Sooners in the 80s. Um, um, but yeah, no, totally. He, but I just want to shout out again, Patrick Sertan played great ninth overall pick. Um, you're in a good spot there. And, uh, people are wanting to trade, you know, Callahan who played solid yesterday. I think there was one play gave up. You want to trade Fuller. Um, that's, you know, probably the direction this team should go. Um, and then maybe you see more of Sertan out there. Also see some Michael Ojemudia figure out what you have with him with three years left of control left. Um, probably a different direction there, but, uh, Sertan stood out to me in a positive way. 
And I think we should be uh, at least looking at a little bit of positives here in Sertan, man. Also, <laughs> quick side, this is so stupid. Sertan's like aesthetic, his swag, you know, the long, the half sleeves, the visor, the gloves. He looks like a Matt. He looks like who I would. He looks, you know, he's got that intimidation factor when he walks out there. Now picture going up against 11 of those guys when you're playing against Alabama. Yep. You know, it's a little intimidating. Alabama beats a lot of teams before they, you know, before they even kick off. Um, That's why there's so many of them. It's like, oh, the Alabama connection. It's like everybody's got Alabama players. That's that's no connection to it Mm in Denver. Oh, Jerry Judy. Come on. There's an Alabama receiver on every team in the league. That's very Um, true. Javante Williams. Um, Yes. We got to get this kid more touches. I mean, mm-hmm. to be fair, he did have six catches. I'm looking. I'm, I'm looking at the box right now, and it felt like you're getting involved in the in the passing game. But you know, four carries, six touch. You know, ten touches overall. I want twenty. I want. I want twenty for Javante Williams. I want ten to fifteen for for Melvin Gordon, mm-hmm. and and get you know thirty five touches. If you're running sixty plays and throw the ball twenty five times, you know some of those will be some of those will be throws too. But you know, Javante Williams looks all of that in a bag of chips. I mean, he's dangerous with the ball in his hands. Get him yeah. the ball. Get him the ball. Um, and again, I don't trust this line in pass blocking, especially against the likes of Miles Garrett. Run the ball. Yeah. You know, and, and not just necessarily, you know, on first and ten. Um, you know, I, I thought I thought I thought they they did a, a much better job in the second half coming out and moving the pocket around, uh, getting getting Teddy. Some of it was, you know, Teddy getting flushed and moving, but some of it was designed. You know, there's some designed mm-hmm. rollouts there. Let's move the pocket. I, I don't want him to be a sitting duck. His mobility was okay. And uh, and he played, after a really bad first half, he played really well in the second half. Uh, and part of that was scheme, was scheming and getting him out and about where he could make a play with his legs and his arms. And not running with his legs, but extending plays with his legs. Yeah, uh, I definitely agree with you. Javonta Williams looks like a great player. Um, what did he What did he finish with? Something is kind of crazy. Only four carries. Four carries is, for uh, twenty yards, and he had uh, six catches on ten, seven targets for thirty two yards. Um, like to, like Nick, I'd also game. like to see a little more rotation on the defensive line. I yeah. like when I see uh, Stephens in there, and uh, mm-hmm. is it Deshaun Williams? Those guys play with some fire. They play like they want somebody else's job. Uh, I'd like to see, I'd like to see those guys a little bit more, you know, when you're, when you're worried about if I lost a team, well, you know what, let's, let's give the, let's give the guy behind it a chance and see if he wants to earn a job and, and, and earn some more money. I guarantee you, <laughs> I guarantee you you're going to get their best effort. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I think we finally saw a uh, yesterday. Um, only had like eight snaps um, and they weren't, didn't really stand out. But um, he finally got out there. Shamar Steven, uh, pretty good in the run game. No impact in the pass game, but, you know, that's not what you're really bringing him in for. Um, I think that uh, Mike Purcell has been pretty disappointing this season overall. I mean, you're bringing him in to be a run stuffer because he obviously doesn't bring anything in the pass game. And I think he's only been mediocre in the run stuffing game. Um, so uh, he's one that you might be looking to. I mean, if it's really hard to get too upset about the nose tackle unless they're getting absolutely blown up at the point of attack. And he hasn't doing that, um, but he's still not any sort of a difference maker right now, just kind of a warm body. Um, Nick, you're you're going to start to see, I saw Jordan Davis up to 12 this week. Yeah. He's yep. going to sneak into the top seven. Jordan seven? Davis is six foot six, 340 pounds, nose guard from the university of Georgia. And he's one of those that'll be uh, almost an urban legend. You know, everybody will be talking about this guy when he comes in. So yeah. 
uh, when we start talking draft, let's, let's keep an eye on him because for any team that runs a 3-4, this guy is perfect. He's absolutely perfect for a 3-4 nose guard. Yeah, he is my number one interior defensive lineman right now. Um, I know that uh, Texas A&M to Marvin Leal had a lot of hype coming into the season, but uh, um, I don't want to throw out the S word for uh, soft, um, but uh, watching that Alabama game, he cannot hold up at the point of attack on the inside. Um, he cannot hang up against double teams and all that stuff scares me. So uh, I think it was pro football focus had Leal being mocked to the Broncos this last week. Uh, with George Karloff just falling all the way to 32, what the hell are we doing? Um, and uh, yeah, no, he's I, give me Karloff just there, but uh, Jordan Davis is gonna be my number one um, interior defensive lineman. He's a lot of fun, and uh, I don't know, he can move across gaps too, which is incredible for a guy that size. Speaking of incredible, Chris Hernandez here coming in. Good morning, rough night, coffee helps stay gold, my friends. And Chris is always a big supporter of the show, we appreciate you so much. Um, so, EJ, yeah, Chris, thanks for the stars, and yeah. the stay gold has come back around. Is, Everybody else remember that from the Outsiders? Did you read that as a kid? I did not read the Outsiders. Okay, yeah, the Outsiders was uh, was huge when I was in middle school as a as a you know a coming of age type book, and that was the poem that they quoted in there a lot was "Stay Gold." So uh, stay gold, appreciate it, and the coffee does help. I call it the caffeinated bliss. I'm feeling pretty good, except when I start getting fired up a little bit. And yeah. we want to get fired up. We can start talking about some of the post game quotes as well. Oh yeah. Um... Yeah, God. Accountability, right? Buck stops here. But um, we got EJ coming in saying, I was screaming for Noah Fant to run fools over and break more tackles. Seemed like the first guy made him a tackle on him. I thought that early on, um, Noah Fant struggled. There's a couple plays where it's like, God damn, Noah just Fant make the first down, right? That's yeah, that was the, the first one. You know, that's not yeah. necessarily a bad play throwing under to your tight end on a cross route two yards short of the first down marker. You expect yeah. him to be able to get that first down, your first yeah. round pick tight end. Uh, and he didn't. You know, he, he didn't. And and Fant doesn't look very good in the open field. He's he's not he's not. You know, you've heard me say before, I like the, the sadisticness of seeing the tight ends in the backfield. To be fair, it was a linebacker that took him down. He was wearing like number three. I'm like, who's this guy? Oh, it was a linebacker. I'm like, OK. And he did drop in his zone. So it wasn't a trailing technique where he had to catch him or make a move that that linebacker that made that play Walker, uh, Anthony Walker, I think dropped mm -hmm. back in the zone and came straight ahead and cut underneath them. So that was, that was good defense, but you'd still like to see him make that play. Yeah. I thought Noah Fant um, played better as the game went on. Um, he started to make a little bit more plays and uh, getting more involved, um, which the, he had to be given how quickly miles Garrett was beating the guys. Um, shout out to Teddy Bridgewater, I guess, in that sense, we'll get to the quarterback. Obviously Teddy did not play a great game, um, but for toughing through it and uh, getting out there, maybe, maybe it should have been, uh, Drew Locke out there, but uh, it is what it is. Um, this is something I've been thinking about, Noah Fant, and you would actually appreciate the the language here um, as far as how it uh, how I phrase it, I guess. But um, Noah Fant is a player. He's a great athlete, height, weight, speed, 6'5", 255, et cetera, et cetera. He has absolutely no pace. Everything is just single speed. Um, and you see that in soccer sometimes where guys that really good players are like, you know, on like a joystick, you know, you can kind of push it a little bit and around and whatever. The Noah Fant is just forward or stop. There is no control or that, pace or anything the like after that. the catch when you're going exactly. laterally on and a drag route. route. Now, if you're going, if you hit him on a seam route or even a, a skinny post type of thing, but if you're trying to hit him on a, on a screen, on a tight end screen, there's no wiggle there. There's no yep. start and stop. Yep. Uh, you you want to see him turn loose in the, on the defensive backfield. Uh, when you started to explain that, it reminded me of the the phrase. I hadn't heard this in so long. I guess I haven't been around the scouting community enough. 
Um, but the the phrase talking about these guys that look like a million bucks that just don't get it done is it's they they look like Tarzan play like Jane. Yeah. Yeah, uh, some DeMarvin Leal vibes there for me. Um, but uh, no, just there's no pace to him. There's no control. And that was something in Iowa as well. People are like, oh, why don't you get fan down the field? Well, not as coordinated above the rim. You know, if it's not in his catch box. Uh, so how does he get to be a first round pick then? Because he is a great athlete and he had a lot of production at Iowa. And he was asked to do a lot of things that tight ends in today's NFL um, cannot do or don't do in college, at least. So because um, that's, that's the kind of thing that knocks you down. It's like he does no. everything well, but. He's he's not fast enough. Okay, well let's let's get him in the third. Let's he's, let's get him fast. Let's, let's let's trade down and get him in the second if we like him. Yeah, he just he doesn't have control. I really don't know. It's like uh, old school uh, Atari football game where like you press a button to go forward or let it go to stop. There's it's, no it's the, ba- no it's the balance. Yeah, when you start talking about uh, the agility, there's some comments in here. Um, you know, I said balance and vision are the two most. I wouldn't say they're underrated, but they're underappreciated mm-hmm. in a running back because you can't measure them. You can't measure them, but you can just tell when they've got them or not. When you see guys come in and hit a hit a running back and he stays vertical and just moves over some from the impact and then a guy slides off him, you know he's got elite balance. That helps him with his side-to-side movement. So the way you're describing it to me is Noah Fant doesn't have great balance because he's I, I haven't seen him break a tackle yet. Um, yeah. You know, and it's not because he's not big and strong. So, mm-hmm. you know, what is it? And he, he is dealing with a lower body injury as well and playing through that. Um, but still, I got to play better. Um, and I thought he did play better after the first quarter. I thought he started to did make some plays, get some first downs. He wasn't falling just short of the stick on a few of them, also actually getting the first down. So um, there's a there's a saying out there. It's uh, you don't quit on talent. Um, and hopefully the fan can figure it out because he is a really supremely athletically talented player. But um, you, you got to show a little bit more. He's got to play a little bit more angry. Um, that's, I think that's the biggest thing for me. Just, I don't want to use the S word because he is out there playing through injury, but it's, um, gotta be better. Um, Alex green coming in here, uh, Carson strong or Malik Willis. Um, can I get either of them in the second round? Uh, right now, I think that's my draft strategy right now. I don't like any of these quarterbacks as far as like a top 10 pick, even a top 20 pick, maybe Matt Corral in the top 20, but, um, I think there's going to be a bunch of quarterbacks that'll go in like the top 70. Um, so we'll see general managers get itchy with quarterbacks. Yeah, you know that I would like. I'll never, I'll never forget the Christian Ponder year when he's going. You know, four guys go in the top first draft. I'm like, I'm not sure I would have taken anybody. And Christian Ponder is going ten. These guys Mm -hmm. have lost their minds again. They've gotten quarterback happy again. Yep. Yeah, no, that was a 2011 draft, right? That was one of those drafts that scare you um, because everything outside of ten years ago. That's how old I am. The Julio Jones draft. But what's crazy about that one? If you go back, one of the best drafts in the the last 40 years. Really, um, but that's yeah. One so where if you're reaching for a quarterback, you're really pissed off. Yeah, you they met. It was Cam Newton and then no quarterbacks after that, and there was like that was the draft with JJ Watt, Tyron Smith, uh, Von AJ Miller, Green, Julio AJ Jones, Green, Julio Jones, Patrick Peterson, uh, Ryan Kerrigan, the, the uh, Alden Smith when he was killing. I mean, that was an incredible, incredible draft class. Um, but uh, you know, it's what it is. So this class, um, honestly, if you can give me like, there's those guys. There is Kenny Pickett. There's Sam Howell, all those guys. Like, give me the last guy that's on the board because that's just all these guys. I just use a lottery ticket, and I would be maybe swinging on one of them there. And guess what? I'm doing in 2023. If that guy didn't obviously, if they don't go out there and play like Justin Herbert, which isn't happening, um, then I'm probably going to be looking for a quarterback again. But it's just a, at some point you just need I, you need to be a volume shooter, right? Just keep shooting. <laughs> um, other positives from this game, I really want to uh, give a shout out to um, 
So we said Patrick Sertan, we said Javante Williams, kind of Bryce Callahan as well, but the Jonathan Cooper came in, uh, substituted for Von Miller. And uh, first time we've really seen him get much of a, a chance this offseason. And I thought he blew Malik Reed out of the water. Now Malik Reed does has a good job, a, uh, a penchant, I guess is the word for making closing plays, uh, sometimes like finishing, you know, making a big sack, strip sack, whatever, et cetera. But he's not as good down to down as an impact player. I thought Cooper was having a pretty good job impacting down to down. Now he's got to do a better job finishing. How Keenum got away from him on that one where he just went over him. I do not know. Keenum did a Houdini, I guess. Shout out to him. Sometimes those guys make plays too on the other side. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, Cooper had a great game and uh, he probably needs to be out there more. I think I would play him over uh, Malik Reed at this point if Von Miller's healthy and back. But I think, Unfortunately, maybe Von Miller's days are number here to, here in Denver. Um, well, we can get to that here at the second half of the show, too. Yeah, for sure. talking about Cooper, Cooper's definitely earned more playing time, um, yeah. for sure. And at the very least, just be stronger at the point of attack. Can you set yes. your edge better? If you do nothing else, you cannot be blocked out of the play by a tight end. If you're playing in a 3-4 as a, as a defensive end, you cannot be blocked out of the play by a tight end. And I saw that happening too much with Malik Reed. Uh, so did the Denver Broncos coaching staff because he got moved. So, uh, you know, credit to Jonathan Cooper coming in and, and taking advantage of his opportunity. Uh, good call on that. Um, mm-hmm. And I know, I don't know if this one so is hot and cold as much as, as some of the others is controversial, but I, I love Kareem Jackson. Yeah. You know, I, I just do. You want to talk about a guy who's never going to quit. You talk about guys that say, say, oh, I could tell the body language, uh, one of our one of our community guys was in here. I don't remember who it was because it was early, but he was at the game last night. He says the body language is bad. Kareem Jackson is an animal. Yeah, you know you're here. He is always flying all over the field. Now, in a game like this, I don't want him starting twelve yards deep. I want him standing up next to Stranod. You know, I want I want him closer to the box. That's where he should have been all along. There's room for that, especially if you're hurting at linebacker. Bring mm-hmm. Kareem Jackson closer to the box for God's sakes. He loves yeah. flying forward and hitting people. So I, I'm a I'm a big fan of the effort and attitude that Kareem Jackson brings to the field. And I think I think you need him. I think you need him on the field. Yeah, I agree with you. He is right now probably the the energy player for that entire defense, um, especially without uh, Alexander Johnson now gone for the season with a torn pec. So unfortunately, uh, Sam talking about believing the hype of the team. Yeah, this I mean. It feels like a sinking ship, right? Everyone can see. It. Everyone knows. Um, luckily, not a sinking ship in here with the DWI guys keeping the lights on. Thank you very much. Um, always super supportive in here. Ten dollars super. Uh, he says thirty three passes versus twelve runs. Ouch! Thank God our rookie for our rookies at least they came to play. Um, that's the big positive. Rookies did come into play. Um, maybe it's going to be time to start playing Quinn Miners. Although I thought the Broncos' offensive line, given the task at hand, played admirably. Uh, I'm not going to say they played great, but they could have been much worse considering how they looked against the Raiders the week prior. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's not good. And, uh, that's not protecting your quarterback also, which is probably the most upsetting thing to me because Teddy Bridgewater was obviously hurt. Um, and we, we should get into Teddy Bridgewater's play after this, but, um, you need to run the ball more and they were running it effectively. I don't, um, decently effectively, I guess Melvin Gordon, not as much, but still you, they should have run the ball better to protect, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. And the game was close. The game was close on the scoreboard. Don't abandon the run. Uh, speaking of lack of, of side to side, and that's why you're a guard. But watching Reisner pull or try to get to the second level is painful to me. And he's supposed to be an athlete at the, it's, uh, the guard. It's position. painful. You know, yeah. I don't know if he's completely healthy or what, but it's it's not good enough. Um, you know, we mentioned it's, it's hard to get yardage 
when you can't move the line of scrimmage. It's hard to be a good offense when you can't move the line of scrimmage. So you watch, here's the line of scrimmage. Here's the defense and everybody. The ball snaps and they all stay right here or move backwards just a little bit. Firstly, yep. you watch the Cleveland Browns offensive line. They start their play three yards in the deep in the in three yards forward because yep. that's where they're getting a push. Uh, and you know, unless they're dropping back in pass play, but you know, the the center gets stoned, then you pull a guard, and Reisner can't get there. He can't get to anybody to block. It's just, and then it becomes a congested mess. Yeah. Um, so that one, that one was that one stuff. So speaking of of rookies coming out to play. I'm ready to see a little bit more of minors myself. Um, James coming in, throwing some stars as well. Says, morning, I love my Broncos, but it really feels like we're going to be in QB purgatory for another two to three years, and that's frustrating. What do you guys think is the best way forward? Um, and, and I think that's why everybody, there was so much backlash with with Teddy the choice for Teddy Bridgewater, because um, Teddy Bridgewater isn't a long-term solution. He was never no. going to be. We said in the summertime, if Teddy Bridgewater wins this job, what does it signal? It signals you've got a new quarterback in 2023. It might be that he's a holdover for two years. It might be that you let Locke do it for one year, uh, you know, uh, as he's finishing off his rookie contract. But it's a big signal that, that the Denver Broncos don't think they have their quarterback on this roster if Teddy Bridgewater wins this job. And, yeah. and that hurts. That's like, God, oh, we haven't had a quarterback for so long. We're going to have to wait another two years. Are you kidding me? Um, so I think that's where a lot of the backlash against Teddy has come because Teddy's been pretty much what you expected and yeah. you expect more. You want more when you've had John Elway and Peyton Manning play for you, you expect more than yeah. that. And, and this that's fair. That, that's fair. Yeah. What, I, what I don't necessarily like to see speaking back of the post game quotes and you know, we'll, we'll have them posted and stuff. But if, when you compare Vic Fangio's quotes and Teddy Bridgewater's quotes. You'd think one was a prima donna quarterback and the other was the head coach. Yeah. And in fact, it was the other way around. You got one guy who says, we, 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 when there's something that was going wrong and the other, and, and if something goes poorly, he says, I, 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 that was Teddy. You know, uh, what about the defense? Was it frustrating? He was asked, was it frustrating to watch the defense not be able to get that stop? It's like, we have a lot of belief in our defense. Sometimes it goes like that. We this, we that, we that. You got asked about that bad interception. I made a bad throw. I made a bad decision. I'm frustrated. And then you flip over to Fangio and it's, uh, we had it covered. And then uh, we we schemed for that very well. And then Malik Reed gets thrown away. <sighs> yeah. I don't want to play for that dude, man. Nope. Yeah. And I think you're going to unfortunately see that uh, coming back the rest of the season. Uh, Vic Fangio. I mean, it's what, what does somebody do when they are panicking? You know, it's a rat sinking a ship right now and he's casting blame uh, everywhere he can. It's not on him. And that's not a leader, but it's somebody who I think uh, understands that uh, the time is coming to a close and trying to keep all the, the garbage off of them that they possibly can. Um, but yeah, no, Vic Fangio last week too. I mean, just blaming the players. That's not somebody who, and I get on um, Scott Frost about this, uh, Nebraska head coach. Um, he's always talking, uh, never takes any accountability um, talking bad about his players, which is even worse for college kids. Yeah. Who recruited um, so, these guys? Yeah. God. And uh, then his coaches under him as well. And uh, that's, that is uh, unacceptable from a college coach. And, and then it's unacceptable from a head coach, maybe not as much in the NFL because those are adults out there, grown men, but still like coach needs to be Mimi. Like uh, when we win, 
it's because those guys, when we lose, it's on me. That's, I mean, we talk, we call it coach talk or whatever, but still like there's, there's something about going to bat and being a shield for your guys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Um, who's a, who's a coach. They call it being a, a player's coach. Well, that doesn't mean you can't be a hard ass. Yep. You know, you still can. It just means you've got your players back publicly. You can dress them down behind closed doors. No problem. Yep. They'll respect you for that. But you've, but publicly, you've got their backs. Yep. Even if you wave them the next day, publicly, you've got their backs. <laughs> yeah. And uh, those, those are guys that are going out on the field and they need to buy in for the scheme, for the locker room, for with each other. And when you're going out in the press post game press conference and pointing at everything but yourself. Um, those guys aren't going to play for you. Uh, Zach H. Vic playing the players, essentially. Yeah, I mean, he blamed everybody but him, himself. Um, he also said that he doesn't expect any changes as far as uh, play caller, scheme, blah, 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 blah. So uh, not great. But, um, yeah, um, it's a guy who is, you know, panicking and taking shots as uh, as the ship goes down. It's, it's unfortunately. Um, we got Collection Connection coming in saying, if you can't see how bad Teddy is, you're blind. Did you watch the, sorry, jump down. Did you watch how many times he threw behind the line of scrimmage? I saw two passes, maybe by Bridgewater. Locke won the quarterback competition and Fangio Shermer chose Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I don't know if Locke won the quarterback competition um, because most of the quarterback competition is uh, stuff that's going on that we cannot see. I mean, how many actual throws are you judging off of in preseason compared to how many are in practice and what's going on in the film room? Um, I think the probably the most likely thing here is that both the quarterbacks are not great as far as franchise options. Um, then that's a an unfortunate reality. A lot of people don't want to hear, but probably the reality we have um, as far as uh, Teddy's game. I thought that it's really hard to be too like criticize him too hardly or too much for me because of how beat up he was. Um, but he didn't play great. Um, and the one that absolutely kills me okay, is that. Oh, okay. And we'll get that in a second. The one that absolutely kills me is the, uh, the red zone interception that he threw. Um, you're down 10 to zero and that took points off the board. I think it was second down as well. And he threw just an absolutely terrible pass, terrible decision that took points off the board. And you're not in a situation there in the first quarter, second quarter, whatever it was to take points off the board. You need every single point you can get. And a lot of times this game, it would have been a one possession game. If the Broncos, assuming McManus hits the kick, uh, don't turn the ball over there in the the red zone in the obvious field goal position. So that one really bothered me. You brought in Teddy to not make those decisions, and he made a bad decision. Um, but as far as uh, saying that um, Teddy is horrible and that lock on the quarterback competition, I'm not sure about that uh, collection connection. I think that yeah, is, uh, I think again, it's more uh, going back to what I said earlier was you know the, the Broncos brass doesn't necessarily think they have their quarterback right now. The only thing I'm convinced of is they don't think it's Drew Lock. Uh, this was a question uh, Fangio was asked afterward. Did you consider making a quarterback change at halftime and then assess? There's only about 20 seconds and then I'll cut it. Yeah. It's muted. I did not. How effective do you think he was dealing with his injury? I thought he played good, especially there in the second half. Um, you know, I don't think Teddy's injuries, from my vantage point, uh, affected him that much. And I thought he was courageous, and he's our quarterback. I mean, that's what you want a coach to say. There, that yep. he was professional there. Um, but yeah, he um, doesn't say he doesn't say that about a lot of other guys. Um, yeah. When uh, he asks, you know, did did you consider making a change? Um, you consider everything. 
I mean, yeah. you you can say if your brain works beyond you know one mile an hour, you consider all options. So yeah, yeah, we considered it, but we thought Teddy was the best option. He came out and he played well in the second half. Okay, fair play, he yeah. did. Um, yeah. But if, if you're if you're honestly saying, and again, I accuse a lot of other people of say of on this pod of saying you guys get too worked up about what the coach says. Well, I see why because your coach isn't not very likable person not not uh, good at people skills uh yeah, definitely not somebody I see why who's... you get worked up about what he says but yeah. instead of saying did you consider instead of i didn't he he probably just should have said i won't yeah i'm not considering drew lock a quarterback as long as teddy can go out there he's our quarterback i'm not considering drew lock that guy he's dead to me yep um and we got paris robinson coming in here saying hello again my guys come now do you understand why i trash talk the d-line the way that i do they do nothing it do they do not do anything they're weak and soft and they're not good at all um well i thought that shelby harris had a pretty darn good game overall especially that second quarter i mean he kept that bronco uh defense in there i thought draymond jones had a game he was beating his guy he needs to finish at some point he's been he's been almost he's been an almost player so far um in this game if you're talking defensive line i don't know if i would pile as much on the interior guys specifically um they weren't absolutely getting killed but the edge rushers, specifically Malik Reed and the linebackers, that's what that's what got you killed in this game. If you had a better, uh, like an absolute unit uh, defensive tackle, maybe that would help cover up the deficiencies there. Um, but you were, they identified Malik Reed as a weakness at a point of attack. They went after that. They identified the linebackers as not being ready uh, to go in this game, screen game, um, the outside zone stretch, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, they took advantage of that. So uh, thank you for the comments, Paris. Let's get it. Let's get a positive comment. I want to hit this one on Jay real quick. So Teddy did not play good in the second half. I'm not sure if that was a question to me or. Vic Fangio well, said something about he thought he played good in the second half. He did. So he played. Teddy played well in the second half. They, the you know, the, you know how many possessions the Broncos had in the second half? I would go four, three. Yeah, that's. They had three possessions. That's bad. Three possessions in the second half. Yeah. Two of them were touchdown drives. Two of them were touchdown passes from Teddy Bridgewater. He threw for about 125 yards on three possessions and had two touchdowns, no interceptions. Yep. That's pretty good. He, he played well in the second half. He played poorly in the first half, but Teddy Bridgewater played well in the second half. Yeah, I know. When you are, that's the thing where it's important to look at the, uh, the rate statistics rather than the volume. When you only have three possessions, it's hard to put up, you know, 40 points, right? That's a yeah, I'm, it's I, mean, not gonna I was like, I, I would have said four or five possible, you know, part of that was at their own doing the lack of the big plays, but yeah. you know, in a, in a 10 zero game, a 13 drive, you know, a 13 play drive, isn't necessarily a bad thing. There was time on the clock. Yeah. They, they, the Broncos didn't run out of time. They run out of, I can't stop Cleveland. Yep. You know, there were six minutes left in the fourth when they gave the ball back. Hell, I've seen the, I've seen, I've seen the Falcons blow 21 point leads with six court with, with six minutes left on the clock. Yep. Um, but overall I thought Teddy played <clears throat> fine. Um, he was not the, well, the, the, the turnover in the first half really bothered no, me. No, he, he um, was, he was, again, it was a different, it was a different half. Yeah. Again, if, if he had just come out and said, you know, we, I consider all options. And, and, and when you're put on the spot, trust me, we know we've got a live camera in our face. We think say things we want to go back and, and clarify. That's why we like the comment section. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I consider it. We can consider Drew Locke. You know, Drew Locke's a, a, a good player for us. And if we needed him, he was ready to go. Uh, but no, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. Again, I'm going to translate that to I won't. Yeah, I won't. I, I considered it. All these things are great. Teddy, we thought Teddy was 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 going to be good. We were going to help him out, call some better plays. We were going to be better as coaches. 
And to be fair, it worked. Teddy had a good second half. Yeah, and it's tough too when you're you're going up against probably the best edge rusher in football right now in Miles Garrett. I think uh, Garrett Bowles finished. What was his run blocking grade? It was absolutely horrible. Or a pass blocking grade. Pro Football Focus twenty nine um, out of a hundred. So <laughs> obviously Miles Garrett beat him like a drum. Um, didn't get home that often, but still causing pressure and causing the quick pass game to be really the only option there um, for the Broncos. Um, but it was it was rough. I do think um, I think we need to address the elephant in the room, though. Uh, Teddy has not been the reason they're losing games uh, so far, but he's definitely not the reason they're winning games. And that's kind of what we knew about Teddy coming into the season, uh, in theory, with a good offense, especially if you have Teddy and KJ there and a great defense on paper. Um, Teddy, mostly protecting the football, et cetera, et cetera, should get you um, some wins. But right now, defense looks like a shell of itself. Uh, offense has not taken steps forward. Injuries left and right. Uh, Teddy not getting, you know what Teddy is, I guess is what you're getting at. At what point is it time to play Drew Locke? Uh, Cause I think that is, it might not be yet. It might not even be until after the bye week um, but given the direction of this team right now, four losses in a row, uh, you might need to figure out what you have in that quarterback and just sink or swim with it and get a more data. So that way you can better evaluate this next upcoming off season because 2021 uh, going nowhere fast. Um, it's going to take an injury. I'm convinced it's going to take so? a coaching change or an injury. This guy's not going to play Drew Locke. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm going to, that's just the way it's going to go. And we're not far off from Teddy not being able to play. Yeah. It's not that far off. You know, he, he's pretty banged up right now. The bye week will help. So Teddy's going to be the starter next week. Um, you get a 29 pass, uh, pass protection grade out of your left tackle. And that one of the top five highest paid guards in the league in Glasgow who aren't blocking and uh, a fragile quarterback, Teddy ain't going to last 17 games. No. Um, maybe we got our answer now. Why? I asked the question, why the hell did you, you, you bring Brett Rippon to the active squad? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we might find out, you yeah. know, when Brett Rippon goes in as the number two, we know what's going on. Um, Lawrence coming in with some stars here too. I think Elway is still controlling behind the scenes. Peyton was just a scapegoat. What do you guys think? I don't think so. No. Nope. I, I, I don't think so. He had a, another one here too. Lawrence came in twice. Uh, if you want to adjust that, I'll bring up his next comment. Um, why is Elway controlling things behind the scenes? I don't think Elway is controlling things behind the scenes. Um, he was gently guided to the door by Joe Ellis this offseason after the team struggled last year. And he's still got a presence there, obviously. But uh, this is, and most for the most part, this is. Elway's team. Maybe you want to call it Elway's mess as well. Um, he's hit some good players though. Also Cortland Sutton had a solid game here. That's an Elway pick. Um, but uh, no, this is a Peyton having to figure out what he's doing with what Elway left of the team. And there are good pieces here. I do believe that this isn't a team that is, you know, completely devoid of talent. Kind of like you're looking at the Detroit lions. It's like, man, what do I even build with here? There, there is young talent here. I mean, thank God the rookies flashed uh, in this last game as well. But um, I, I think this is more going to be George Payton having to settle things out here with the coaching staff, which this locker room doesn't seem to believe in. And with, you know, the comments that you get from Vic Fangio, I can't even imagine how even more prickly he is when the cameras aren't on him. And uh, God, uh, not not uh, not invited to the Christmas party, that's for sure. Um, but um, I'm going to have to move on. Second questions. We basically got beat by a secondary team. And the fact that they were able to come out yeah. and use a quarterback that we had we had and put them in a scheme in order to win says a lot. Um, the scheme, though, where weren't they beat up? And that was the concern coming in. This is why I picked, picked Cleveland. Their defense was in good shape. They had the number two ranked defense in the in the in the NFL. Denver's offense has not been good. No. Okay. So Cleveland's going to keep you in games. Offensive line, 
while they've had their problems, they still run the ball pretty well. And Case Keenum, again, if you're going to just not pressure them and drop into a nickel against a team with the number one ranked running offense in the league, come on, man. Yep. Yep. Um, it's it's unfortunate. And it's a little it's predictable, also... unfortunately, because we both yeah. predicted it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it sucks the Broncos have become everybody's get right game. I think well, maybe we'll see Tyler Heineke and uh, Taylor, Terry McLaurin go off next week in Denver. Um, but hey, maybe uh, maybe you guys want to be demented like me and uh, think like, oh, the season's lost. At least we're having a higher draft pick. Um, that's that's good. Moving up the draft board, get a chance to come at. Uh, we like to back. reward losers in our Marxist based uh, billionaire <laughs> boys club franchise sports leagues here. Yeah. Nicole, there's a new name. Yeah. Nicole, good morning. And thank you for the stars. Appreciate you oh, being here. Uh, this is the morning after pod. And uh, this is a, it's a different vibe this morning than it was last night. So um, I, I, either uh, people have slept on it, you know, the, the, the sleep on it pod, the, the 24 hour rule, not quite the 24 hours, but go to bed mad and wake up. Okay. Uh, or the, the caffeinated bliss, like I like to call it the Broncos for breakfast. But um, good morning to you and welcome. At, uh, I, I don't don't recognize uh, you being here, so appreciate you being here. Yeah, guys, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Nicole. We also got uh, Collection Connection coming in. Lock came back from 24 behind last year. He scores. Honest to God, I do not remember this game where Lock came back when the Broncos were down four scores. I guess that's technically three scores because that's uh, multiple three points conversion. So you have to correct. You have to remind me on uh, what game that was. I mostly blocked out. Um, I, as far as I'm concerned, the Broncos haven't played f- football since, uh, they won the Super Bowl in 2015. <laughs> Everything else is just blacked out. Um, but, uh, you have to remind me of that one. I mean, at some point I, if I was in charge and if it was also with, uh, this, if I was George Payton, um, I'd probably give Teddy Bridgewater until the, the buyer Vic Fangio until the buy and say, you know, if we're under 500 at that point, we have to figure out what Locke has. And, uh, if you won't play him you're gone. I mean, it's just, you, you need to flex your muscles in the authority and be that guy for the good of the team long-term. And I don't think it's a Teddy Bridgewater is so bad that you can't go anywhere, but it's, he's you gone. have to, he's gone anyway. Yeah. He's, he's gone. Vic Fangio yep. is not coaching this team next year. I'll be, I mean, I'll be shocked if he is, Yep. he's gone anyway. Yep. So now I'm going to go down playing my guys. Yep. You know, what's he uh, have to lose again? You're, we talk about, not having anything to lose, what's his contract going to pay him? 12, 15 million at least, somewhere yeah. in that neighborhood. He's not, what does he have to lose? Yeah. Yep. It's, uh, it's unfortunate, but, um, I, and it's also not, not to be that guy, but like everybody wants, a lot of people want to see Drew Locke and they built him up in their head to be a quarterback that he's not in reality. Okay. Let's see it out there. Look, let's, okay. Here, this is what you wanted. <laughs> I keep seeing this real quick. He, he's not eligible until, 2026. I think 2026. He's a, he'll be, he's class of 2022, isn't he? I don't even think he's in college yet. Yeah. So he, he, the first time he would be available is 2025. It's either 25 or 26 even. Yeah. I think it's, I've seen 2026 in my head. You know, he's, he's still in high school. I think he, if he's a senior, he's class of 2022. Um, so 23, 24, 25. So the first time you'd see Manning is 2025. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, not happening. Um, there's some. There's some guys. Hopefully, Broncos will figure out the quarterback situation before that. God, can you, can you even imagine? Um, that would be a fun storyline. But uh, we got to we got to figure it out before then. Um, Nathan Latella coming on right now. Uh, good morning and happy Friday. Since the Broncos already played, are there any other particular games that interest you this Sunday? 
besides Atlanta and Miami. Um, honest to God, guys, this is going to be um, this is going to be maybe upsetting for you guys, but I'm a huge college guy. That's probably another reason that I love the draft so much. I cannot wait to watch um, tomorrow Purdue versus Wisconsin um, because it means big things for my Hawkeyes. And uh, I I really enjoy Big Ten football. What can I say? Maybe I'm a glutton for ugly uh, trench play and I'm not getting it right now with the Broncos. So I'll watch it with the uh, Big um, Ten West. And, and for me. My my schedule is dictated by other things. One, I know Chelsea plays at 7.30 a.m. on Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. And then my son plays at 10 and 1 on Saturday in baseball. And he could play at 10, noon, 2, and 4 on Sunday in baseball. So there's my weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a busy one. Um, And also, guys, it's uh, thank you very much for the comment. Did we, we got to that one, though, right? Correct? Oh, yes, we did. Thank you very much, Nathan. Um, shout out to Sean, everybody in the chat. Make sure you wish him a happy birthday. Even though the Broncos lost, it's uh, still a day to celebrate. And Sean says, uh, it's my birthday today. Hearing news of Fangio being fired would really make my day. Um, Sean, I don't think it's going to happen. I think that uh, they're going to ride this out for a little bit. Um, but uh, the it's, it's an inevitability at this point. Um, so it's gonna, it's going to happen and unless something crazy happens, but, uh, we'll see what happens. Um, this team needs 1989. Thank you, Clee. It's an age check. Uh, See, Nick wouldn't get that one. I don't think that's, that's, that's Batman 1989, Jack Nicholson. Okay. I've, I've seen it. I've, uh, it's, I was really young. Um, Joel coming in too. uh, We need Brian in 89. Were you 92? Yeah. Come on. Oh, you have seen it. We saw it when you were really young. Not when it came out. Yes. Um, Brian Dabble coming out saying, uh, we need our Brian Dabble, Joel coming out saying we need Brian Dabble agree. Um, the question is, and I shout out to Daniel Jeremiah, one of my favorites for connecting this dot. Um, but, uh, if you bring in Brian Dabble, how do you feel about signing Mitchell Trubisky as well? Because I think you're going to see those guys go hand in hand for Dabble's, uh, first, um, signing here for a head coach. He's going to bring in a guy who knows his system and, uh, Mitch Trubisky looked really good in preseason there. A lot of people are starting to say, Hey, Maybe Mitchell Trubisky isn't incredible, but maybe he also wasn't the issue in Chicago, given how bad Matt Nagy is. Um, and it would just be a stabilizing force for that coach coming over. So well, what do you again, think, Brian Dabble, Mitch Trubisky? You're, you're going to have, I mean, I, I believe next year, you're going to have a temporary person anyway at quarterback. Yeah. So if it's if you bring in somebody like that and he brings in his guy to run it for one year, that's that's okay. Yeah, that's, I, that's, I mean, it's it doesn't, it's, you don't want to hear that necessarily, but, but, um, that's that's what you're in for um yep. you know I, I hate to repeat it and say it again but i will so i must not hate it that much <laughs> teddy bridgewater winning this job signaled that you'll have a new quarterback in 2023 because teddy bridgewater is not the long-term answer he's just he's not he's a stopgap. Yeah. yep it's unfortunate but that's where we are as a team right and once you passed um Justin Fields, Mac Jones, not trading up for a quarterback in uh, the draft. Yeah, you kind of made your bed there. Um, it's just he, here we are where we thought we had a good enough roster and to give Vic Fangio a ride and with a great To be fair, defense. you might have. Yeah. You You're know, about you, his injuries? you might have. You're sitting at three and four with half your team injured. I mean, literally, I think I could probably name 11 players yep. that have missed time with half your team injured. Um, that's devastating. Yep. And... I haven't seen enough out of this coaching staff to, you know, I've got a shorter sample size than you, yeah. but I, I haven't seen enough out of this coaching staff to make me think that they can work around it, work around all these injuries too. Yeah. And uh, this kind of pivots to a more broad philosophical point for me um, for this team and just team building in general. Um, injuries are going to happen in the NFL. And this is a big reason why you don't, 
as a team builder or anybody on that side of things, don't get too focused and fixated on a singular need or position going into the draft or anything like that. Because once injuries happen, you're dealing with a whole new depth chart roster. So what's the most important thing? Just get good players. Just get good players on your team. Like you don't have a need for a wide receiver right now, but that wide receiver on the board is your best player. Guess what? You're one injury away from that guy being a huge impact player. So just get the best guys. Well, I I believe that if you've got a need that you want to fill, I mean, you've heard me say this before. The best thing is if you can fill a need with the best available player. And if you can't do that and you're not in love with the guy, the top guys, the trade down, you know, trade down until you can get the, the best player available does fit a need. And then you're accumulating picks. And now you've got a better chance of percentages of hitting guys. Again, nobody's 100%. Half the first round is going to end up going bust. If it's 40% of the second rounders and go up, then go bust. Well, give me three second rounders. Um, and again, we're, we're speaking generally here. I like volume of good mm-hmm. players instead of taking all my big one swing on one specific, supposedly great player. Um, you know, what, what, what could you have gotten for that number five spot for Bradley Chubb? Again, a small sample size that can prove anything. But would you have been better off trading down? um out of that spot or did you think that bradley chubb was necessarily the guy i know you said i would have rather had josh allen but that's a different conversation that's a hindsight thing though yeah <laughs> i would have taken honest to god what i would i probably and this is just me being open with you guys and honest and because i'm an idiot um i probably would have taken josh rosen there at five because he would have been the quarterback that i preferred out of the ones available but you know what i had done if he would have sucked i'd have been back there hopefully trying to go get kyler murray a quarterback the next year and if I didn't get that guy, guess what I've done? I've done the same thing the next year. I mean, <laughs> it's easy for me to say here where um, if I pick the wrong guy, I'm fired probably in reality. But um, I really think a team just needs to be bold enough. It's I, I look at it like college football, honestly, right? Like you, you have one year, a recruiter goes in and brings a five-star quarterback. You think they're just going to sit there on their hands the next three years and say, okay, that's our guy. No, they're going to go out there the next recruiting cycle and bring in another five-star quarterback. And if that bothers the first guy, you already found out about that first guy. He's soft. He can't handle the competition. Um, or if he gets beat up by the guy behind you. Okay, that's great. You have a better quarterback playing then. You're seeing it right now with uh, Oklahoma with Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams. You don't have that guarantee. You just need to keep going at the the, the top resources, getting guys in there, and hopefully one of them hits. Um, And not, and not all drafts are created equally. No, I wouldn't have true. traded down on this draft unless I had gotten a, a, a really, really good offer, something like the 49ers sent to Miami. And then I'm trading down every draft. Mm-hmm. Um. But, you know, not all drafts are created equal. This last draft was pretty special. Uh, and Charlie says that Scott must eat at Golden Corral. You can get a bunch of mediocre food there instead of a good meal. Uh, I like to eat. You're, you're not far off. Uh, I like all food. I've always kind of joked. I said, if you can say you can have you can have a box of Cheerios now or a, a steak in 30 minutes, give me the Cheerios, man. I'm hungry. So, uh, but this is different. This is, this the, I, that you're right on that, but... You know, I, I we're all biased. We said that before. Mm-hmm. I was biased by Jimmy Johnson and the Dallas Cowboys trading down all the time and building that team with multiple players. I've been biased by scouting football players and watching not that big a difference between the 20th guy who's got five stars and the 80th guy who's got four stars next to his name. There's just not that big a difference in their development. Yep. That's a general speaking term. Now, yeah. in this draft, I did feel like there was a drop-off. I felt like, yeah. you know, once you got past 10 or 11, there was 10 or 11 elite players, and then it, then there was a drop-off. But most of the time, 
you're better off taking a shot on two good players instead of one that you think is great because there's just not that big a difference between them. Yeah. And I want to get to Lance real quick about this strategy because I've thought about this and this is more off-season content, but we're past the hour now. We can get a little bit in the weeds. Um, that strategy depletes all other positions, no first rounders and the rest of the team, but quarterbacks. Um, what did uh what did Josh Rosen after having the worst quarterback um season in the last, you know, five years, what did the Cardinals get for him when they traded him? Second rounder? I think it was a top 40 pick even uh, yeah. very top of the first uh, second round. Sam Darnold after having three terrible seasons, very second bad a second and a third mm -hmm. um, Carson Wentz, a huge, terrible contract um, and playing terrible football. He had one good year, um, but the big contract injured older. What did the, what did the Eagles get for him? A potential first round know. pick and a second. I mean, that's just, yeah. so the quarterbacks typically tend to retain their value. And uh, if they don't hit, guess what? They're you not, can they're not quite as depreciating an asset until, the third owner <laughs> yep. because and after, after Miami, you could get Josh Rosen off waivers. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So um, that's, and that's uh, like Tua right now. Miami's looking for a value of a late first round pick for him or a early mid second. And guess what? They're probably going to get it. So they don't tend to lose their value. It's not like a running back where the running backs are the, the car that dries off a lot and they immediately and, uh, lose half their value. Collection connection. I certainly appreciate your dedication to this topic. Uh, it was a 24 to three lead against the chargers. Yes. Why was everything locks fault no. last year in his first year COVID year, same coaches, nothing is Teddy Bridgewater's fault. Um, I think okay. I blame Teddy a lot. I, I, I personally have been very, pretty critical of Teddy. Um, <laughs> a lot of people have. <laughs> yeah. And rightfully so he's not. Yeah. And, and I, I wasn't here to blame drew last year. So uh, I, I, I can't comment on that. And I do want, I think that a lot of the, the blame drew stuff, it got amplified in the off season. And it had much more to do with the circumstances of the draft, the draft yeah, class. Let's go get another quarterback because Drew's not good enough. And here's why we're going to say why. And we focus on that and focus on that and focus on that. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't here to blame Drew last year, but you yeah. know, typically when you're five and 11, six and 10, you got a lot more problems than just the quarterback. Yeah. And, um, I think you and I both said um, in the preseason right now that if it's close, play Drew Locke because you have two years of control. He's younger, um, and hopefully he can get it uh, figured out. And uh, yeah, I, I thought I didn't see enough of a difference in the preseason. I thought they would go with Drew Locke uh, yep, coming out here. of the preseason. I really did, and it, it just it leads me to believe that there's more to it than just what you see on the field. Yeah, there's more to it. There's a there's a personality clash there. There's a lack of leadership. And the other part I said that people kind of forget is you can't make that move without the backing of your the rest of your team. Yeah. So what are your team leaders saying? If 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 the team leaders thought that Drew Locke was a guy, we'd hear about it. Yep. We'd hear about it. Yeah. You would. You'd absolutely hear about it. And what do you hear instead? You hear the opposite, um, or nothing, or yeah. zip. Uh, Corey coming in, and uh, you know this is this is one of those stats, lies, and damn lies type of thing. Uh, because I agree with you on this. As bad as the defense was with injuries and all, they still only gave up 17. Our offense did nothing for a half. We need to focus on the main thing. Teddy doesn't work. This is what you get. 10-0 um, lead, and they did nothing in the first half. You're right. You're absolutely right. Uh, but what their offense did enough of was limit the Broncos to three possessions in the second half. Um, the Broncos scored on two thirds of their possessions in the second half. Typically, if you score on two thirds of your possessions in a game, you're going to win because you're going to get eight to twelve possessions, maybe even a couple more than that. Uh, yeah. But when you, when their, what their offense did was control the line of scrimmage, kill the clock. 
Um, so the defense didn't do enough to win this game. They did, they didn't do enough. They needed a stop uh, in the in the second half with six minutes uh, in order to give the other team a chance. You give you give uh, the ball back to the Denver offense with 90 seconds left and a timeout. And I, and I would say they absolutely did enough to win this game, but they didn't. Yep. You, you got to come up with a stop with six minutes left and all they're doing is running the ball right at you. You got to get a stop there. And it's not like they were overly tired mm -hmm. because the Broncos had been going on big, long drives themselves, mm -hmm. you know? So uh, I don't, I don't think they did enough to win this game despite keeping the score down. Yeah. And uh, got a comment from Leo here saying Drew's been in the doghouse since he didn't wear his mask and Hinton had to start. It wasn't just um, him having to wear the mask and not everything after this story came out. I did some more digging. Not everything is actually all out there right now as far as uh, responsibility of who said to do what. But uh, they also took off their contract contact tracers and uh, put them in a room at somebody's um, suggestion. And uh, that led to... Uh, uh, Hinton having to go out there and put the Broncos in a terrible situation. And that might've been the beginning of the end for not only uh, obviously Vic Fangio too, but uh, Drew Locke and Vic's relationship, putting them in a bad situation. Um, but the thing is, I mean, we knew this coming in, Locke being a second round pick, given the parameters of his college career um, and what we've seen through 18 starts, odds are he's not a franchise quarterback, especially one compared to when the, the bar is probably Derek Carr level in the AFC West. So you're going to have to go back to the drawing board. Maybe we'll see um, what can lock can do down the stretch here, but I just, I think you're more likely that we need to look outside the organization. We need to look forward, not look back. Um, Nathan coming in here. Speaking of looking forward to the $5 super. Thank you so much, Nathan. Um, are there any potential future Bronco franchise quarterback we should be looking for on Saturdays? Do you think this is a strong quarterback class coming up? Um, I really don't like this quarterback class. Uh, maybe it's part of it is because how much I loved last quarterbacks class. And it's hard for me to look at Matt Corral, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, uh, Carson Strong, et cetera, et cetera. When I watched Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, uh, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence last year, these guys don't hold a candle to them. Now that doesn't mean none of these quarterbacks are going to hit somebody in this class, I believe is going to hit and be successful. But as far as prospects go, I don't know if any, I don't know if I'm going to give out a single first round grade for a quarterback this year which is terrible. I mean, we've had a quarterback drafted in the first three picks some crazy years in a row. Yeah, I think since 2014, which was the terrible quarterback class when EJ Manuel was the first one off the board at like 20. I think that's probably more likely to be the case this year. So uh, again, if you take a quarterback in this class, you better be ready to swing again in 2023 uh, because the, the, you do not want to be in a situation where you're taking quarterbacks in bad seasons and then feeling like, oh, I can't take one this next year and you're just sucking this cycle of suck. Sorry. The, the fun game to watch that I'm I'm really looking forward to is actually coming up in two weeks is Ole Miss and Liberty. Mm -hmm. I know. What, Scott? Ole Miss and Liberty? Yes. Mm -hmm. Ole Miss and Liberty. You got a couple of potential first yep. rounders there in Matt Corral and Malik Willis. And then Hugh Freeze, who was run out of, uh, of Ole Miss for getting caught for using a burner to order prostitutes for recruits. I won't say get it for doing it because he's yeah. not the first one to do that. But yep. for getting caught doing it. Uh, he was run out of there, and he's a head coach of Liberty. So there's some nice drama in there as well. But for the first-round quarterbacks, that's a that's a really intriguing game uh, to go watch and real quick on on Charlie coming back and saying, so with your box of Cheerios philosophy, Drew Locke can be the instant gratification and Teddy is the postponed steak. Uh, no, because Cheerios gets the job done. Ooh, I don't ooh, trust ooh, either ooh. of these guys to consistently get the job done. When I eat my Cheerios, 
I'm full. Yeah, Teddy is a uh, Teddy's not a main course. He is the onions on top of the steak, right? Like if you have the you have the really good uh, steak and everything else already prepared, uh, you can get the fixings on the side. But he cannot be the main one. And uh, not sure what Drew right now is a uh, you know you're reaching in the fridge like this, um, and you know that the fridge is probably stocked with stuff that's maybe a little bit older, shouldn't be eating it, but uh, that's that's okay. And at this point, um, really, I mean, you'll probably still see Teddy a few more weeks. Um, but, uh, if the Broncos continue to lose, I really do think the cost come in from upstairs to see what Locke does. And if that, if Vic Fangio won't do it, you're gone anyway, probably buddy. So, uh, we'll, we'll just move on. Cause you, I think you do have to yeah, figure out like what's said, going that's on. That's where, there. that's where Locke plays. Locke's playing with a coaching change or an injury, yep. you know, and what do you have to lose? Uh, and Tommy says Liberty's a hardcore Christian school as well. Well, that doesn't matter. Football is its own religion. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Hugh Freeze, also the the storyline there, too. So that's going to be a fun game. Um, unfortunately, I think the 2023 class is looking better in the 2024 class at quarterback. So uh, if you have to go another year in the Teddy Bridgewater-ish uh, viewpoint or maybe give Drew Locke 2022 if he wins it, obviously you bring in another quarterback competition 10.0 or whatever it is. Um, and no, Locke wins it, if, God bless. It, someone, it's, it, would be, it would be nice to have your, your quarterback – to draft quarterback in this class that can sit behind Drew Locke or somebody. Um, and then that's going to be your guy in, in 2023. Nope. I agree. And uh, I, I really do think, unfortunately it's probably going to be another situation like this year where maybe it's still Drew Locke on this roster. You do have another uh, year of quarterback control or contractual control with him. And then uh, you see them uh, bring in another guy to compete with him and it's wheel spinning. But um, at some point you're going to take a shot. Right. At some point you have to do something there. And it's not that Peyton didn't look at it. I mean, there was a lot of talk that the Broncos were interested in moving up for a Trey Lance. And if the 49ers went Mac Jones at three, I think the Broncos would have traded up for Trey Lance in that scenario. Although in that situation, I think Trey Lance would have been a Falcon going number four overall. That's what it sounds like. Um, but who knows? That's another topic to have. <laughs> but um, you just got to keep swinging at some point. And they've, they've looked like they've been interested, but not aggressive. So, uh, DWI guys coming in $5 coming in again. I think the third time to die today. So thank you very much. DWI guys. Um, guess we should have got our quarterback in this year's draft. I probably would have done that, uh, with Justin Fields. I know you would have done that with Justin Fields, but, um, that's nothing to take away from Patrick Sertan the second. Uh, he looks like he belongs out there. He looks like he's going to be a decade long building piece. One of the younger players on this team too. Um, at a position of value where you need a lot of good guys, especially in the AFC West. So, <sighs> Is it rough? Is it like, you know, buying a brand new sound system for a car that has no engine? Maybe. But um, I'm happy about the sound quality coming right now from that number nine pick, at least. Well, you've heard me say before, the, the phrase that's used in, in recruiting, scouting, and coaching, et cetera, is it's not the guys that you miss that kill you. It's the guys that you get and can't play that kill yeah. you. Patrick Sertan can play. He's going to be a good Bronco for a long time. Now let's go get some more guys that can play. Yep. I totally agree with you. Well, guys, uh, we've been going for an hour and 20, uh, so we probably should start getting out of here. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, like I, I feel better coming off of this loss because probably I that Raiders game, there was a chance it was a big fork in the road game for them. And if they would have won that game, you're talking about uh, three and or four and two, the chance to make the playoffs going down the stretch. And they lost that game badly. Oh, man, we're not leaving yet. Nope. We're sticking around. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Joe says Joe coming in with a big super. Uh Appreciate you, Joe. Thank you for yeah, sure. So, hey guys, I love the show, and and uh, I I'm new overall to uh, Mile High Huddle, so this is my first year. 
But for me, this is a new name. So yeah, welcome. And if you've been around before and I just haven't met you yet, welcome back. Uh, does Peyton know the year is over? Playoff teams don't have four-game losing streaks. Time to play for next year. A win next week, if that happened, would just confuse our trajectory. Uh, I think he's got a pretty good idea, Nick. I think I think Peyton already knows. I bet he's got three guys lined up for interviews, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you do that anyway. As a general manager, you always have a list of three for everything down to, um, you know, who's fixing the copy machine. You know, mm -hmm. you know, you've got your list of guys. If this if this happens or if this guy becomes available, best case, who could I go get? They know. Mm -hmm. And that list is warming up. Um, he's in talks with. Uh, I don't know this for sure. I'm not an insider. I know this because I've got common sense and I know how the business works. Yeah. He's talking with agents right now. Totally. He's, he's on the phone with agents right now, putting out feelers, getting guys warm. Say, hey, listen, if we make a change, how interested would you be? Um, how interested would your client be? That gives plausible deniability to the coach on the other team who you're not allowed to talk to. Yeah. No, I haven't heard from the Broncos. <laughs> My agent has. Yeah, no, so, that's a... Appreciate you, Joe. Yeah, thank you so much, Joe. I'm glad that if we talk long enough, good things happen, right? Well, sometimes. Um, but uh, I think the big thing here from Joe that I get from this comment is um, confusing the trajectory of this team. This team know, should know, Peyton should know that this team is not going anywhere this year and the schedule just gets tougher from here. Uh, this was another game where you had a lot of things in your favor going into the game and you still lost. Um, so next week, I mean, probably similar thing, Taylor Heineke going home. Um, and if you win that game, you're four and four and you, you can convince yourself, Hey, we're still in the thick of this, even though anybody with eyes can see this team is probably not going anywhere unless something drastic happens. Um, so I'm not cheering for a loss next week, but a loss next week that would lead to Peyton moving on from key pieces to add draft capital and, uh, create even more, uh, cap room that you can roll over into next year. And the, maybe even the year after that, given the direction of this team, um, that's what, that's what I get from this. And I agree with you. This team needs to understand where they are. And I hate, there's nothing worse in football than being a team who is stuck in, in the between. middle. Yes. Stuck in the middle, either you're rebuilding or you're contending. You can't just be floating in purgatory, which this team right now is heading towards. So um, I hope that even with a, a victory next week, and this is a hard sell for the locker room, I get that. And it's easy for me to stay where I'm sitting, but there needs to be some movement, some offloading of guys on their last year, their contract, et cetera, et cetera. It's not just to create cap room. It's not just to get more draft capital. It's to create opportunities for guys further down the roster. Um, and it, essentially you're looking at a, an uh, extended preseason in that case, like Jonathan Cooper, you know, get him a lot more snaps going forward. And is he, is he quality enough? Can he grow with these snaps um, where you're Quinn not minors? Caden Stearns. Caden Stearns, Michael Ojemudia, um, more Justin Sternot out there, even though his run fits have been bad. I mean, we're going to live with it, folks. You're going to have to live with these kind of things because that's where this team is. And all while uh, creating cap space, more cap space. Do we need more? I mean, yes, we'll take more. Um, maybe the Broncos can be like the Browns a few years ago where they are uh, trading for a terrible quarterback, Rock Osweiler, but they're getting a second round pick out of it too with all that extra cap space, buying a second round pick essentially. Um, that's one that I'd be interested in doing. Um, and that's just... Again, don't be stuck in the middle. Commit to the rebuild, um, and hopefully that's something that you see Peyton do and put his stamp on this team that, okay, well, we went for it this year, and uh, time to move on. Speaking so, of time you. to move on. Yeah, yep, we got to get going here. Um, it's, uh, it is it is uh, time to, to do some other work as well. Joe, that was awesome. Uh, yeah. Please come back. We're here uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays typically starting next week. 
I'm going to float this out here for y'all because we got about 230 in here. We might be moving to Mondays and Wednesdays so we can get the day after, but we might be doing Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. We haven't quite made it out. We'll probably, we're definitely going to be doing day after shows like this one, the morning after shows, but we might be moving to three days a week starting next week, but we will certainly let you know. But uh, the reason why we're able to do that is because of people like you. So thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks everybody for contributing. Um, obviously it's uh low vibes right now. Um, yeah, man, I have to use the restroom. That's true. Um, but, um, <laughs> too much coffee. Um, but thank you guys so much. Um, we're joining you, uh, every, let's, let's just do it next Monday. Um, and next Wednesday, we're going to make the shift. Um, so make sure you set your calendars. I'll make sure to tweet it out as well. But, uh, like we're going Mondays and Wednesdays going forward and then maybe seeing if this show, if you guys continue to support us, we might be doing Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, but, um, we're going to get on out of here. You guys can follow Scott and myself on Twitter, Scott at scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. Over on Facebook, join us at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. If you're on YouTube, YouTube, make sure you subscribe, like, and share. And also follow Scott's channel on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Um, everybody, thank you so much for joining us today. I know that uh, Broncos are in a bad spot. It's not enjoyable right now. A lot of people have opinions of how it's I feel better. Be. I, yeah. The exercise, I feel, but I was pissed off when we started this. I feel pretty good now. 90 minutes of group therapy. We have exercised the demons. Um, well, it's uh, probably going to be some more of that going forward, um, unfortunately. But you know, Broncos, this might be a bad year, but we at least we're in it together, and it's it's about the journey, right? We're gonna get to that destination, but we're on that journey path right now, so hopefully, it'll get better. And uh, this team will have some direction and we'll see some improvement and things to talk about going forward. But last positivity again, guys stood out. Patrick Sertan, I thought played great. Uh, Javonta Williams played great. Uh, the defense um, played with some pride in the second half. I mean, I know that they were down their linebackers and Cleveland was still able to kind of ice the game, but at least it wasn't a, uh, they didn't look like they didn't even want to be out there. Right. Um, so at least they did that. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Anything else, Scott, you want to say before you get on out of here? Get Javante Williams the ball 20 touches. Make yeah. it happen. And uh, I want to see more Deshaun Williams. I do. Yep. I want to see and more Deshaun Williams. And if you're going against a team that's going to run the ball, don't run a two-man front. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to see at least three defensive line. I want to see at least three guys over 280 if, if I'm going against the number one rushing offense. Oh, yeah. And uh, one last thing before we get out of here, just because I have to preach my own religion here real quick. Um, Remember the uh, the phrase "running backs don't matter." Um, the Cleveland Browns. I've heard you say that once or twice. <laughs> Did you see what just happened with the Cleveland Browns with their offensive line just creating four yards uh, every single play, and the running back picking up, you know, just two extra yards of what the offensive line blocked for him? That's if you want to have a good. It's not that running games don't matter. It's that running backs you can find those guys. If you're so investing, nobody in the, did more than that than than Mike Shanahan and Alex Gibbs. They did yep. more to devalue the running back position than anybody in the history of this game. And uh, looking at last night. Here we are. <laughs> Just uh, again, I really like Javante Williams. Would I have made that pick in hindsight? Probably not. I'm probably investing in the offensive line there or another defensive player because this team looks so soft. Um, but uh, you know, that's a, that's another topic for another day. I think uh, Monday, Scott. How do you feel about talking about um, trade deadline candidates? I'd be okay with that. Uh, I'm sure there will be some news in there. The news will dictate the the talk. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, again, well, it's nice playing on a Thursday. It's better if you win because then you get to sit back <laughs> with your winning glow and watch everybody else. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the trade deadline's coming up November 2nd, and we may be talking about Deshaun Watson. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's uh, That'll be interesting to see. Um, but, 
thank you guys so much uh, for everybody contributing today. Um, thanks everybody also for, I would say mostly not being super toxic in here compared to, especially compared to what we're seeing on other socials. So you guys are real. Um, hopefully we can get through this together and uh, give you guys a chance to air some grievances and uh, we'll work through this, right? We'll rationalize it and talk about it. Um, but uh, until next Monday, uh, I guess until tomorrow night for, for me, uh, for, with you guys on Mile High Insiders, but I'll until next here. Monday. And Scott will be here too, working I'll the be in the background. And hopefully we'll have some good news on the, the baseball front. Um, but uh, we'll see you guys. Oh, Scott, just it's like pulling teeth. Every time we talk about that, it's like, oh, Scott, don't forget your root canal. <laughs> it's play. It's it's playoff time. Baseball's yeah. a regular season sport. It's playoff time. You know, the, the Braves lost like 12 straight playoff series and they were wondering why they couldn't sell out playoff games. I'm like, when you lose 12 straight playoff series, it's like we got the second best attendance in the majors. It's not that we don't like the team, but we know what's going to happen. Now it's college football season. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, you guys are great. Um, follow Scott and I on Twitter. And if we, if you want to continue the conversation, um, we'll get you, get at you on there. Uh, good vibes going forward. Have a great weekend guys. Um, honestly, get out there. You, you don't have to worry about the Broncos this weekend now, right? If you want to watch football, carefree, relax, kick your feet up. It'll be great. Have a couple beers, grill out, et cetera, et cetera. If it's nice there in Colorado, enjoy the weather. Um, we'll see you guys soon. We got to get going. Love y'all stay safe. Even though they suck, we still love them. Go Broncos. <laughs> That's when you have to love them, though. <sighs> Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.